Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Tennis Bites, where we serve you bite-sized insights into the world of tennis. Hi, this is Adish. Hi, this is Shut. So we had a rather eventful week. Three different tournaments played in three different countries. The Barcelona 500, of course, played in Spain. Then we had the Banja Luka, which replaced the Serbia Open this year, and of course we had the Munich Open. Barcelona, as we all know, is a 500 Masters, and the other two are 250 Masters. So Alcaraz once again has proved his mettle. He has defended his Barcelona 500 title, and the media and a lot of people seem to think that he's following the footsteps of Nadal. So, what do you think? <laughs> I think that was a fairly straightforward uh, final for for Alcaraz, right? As has been the story of the. Whole tournament, I don't think he even dropped a set. Uh, yeah, so coming into the finals, I think he skipped the earlier Monte Carlo one, and uh, this was so easy for him. Uh, from the score line, of course, I think there were a few uh, uh, tough sets, uh, especially against uh, Bautista Agut, and uh, I think Sitsipas was comfortable, but uh, there was. Uh, Uh, a chance that if Alcaraz was not playing his top game, then that might have been a worry. I I think the match against Batista Abu was the only one that really felt like a challenge, you know, for Alcaraz. Anyway, apart from Alcaraz, so what do you think? Any key takeaways from the tournament or any surprises? You know, a player that maybe impressed you or something like that? No, I was expecting Shapovalov and Sitsipas. Uh, To be a tough match, so surprise was that Chichibas made it so easy. Uh, I think six two six two was the score, uh, and a surprise was that Chichibas even with his single handed backhand and trying to convert a lot of balls, uh, managed to play really well and come come to the finals because Monte Carlo was tough for him. He was not able to defend the title, but he came up against Shapovalov as I said, a very very crisp uh, match. And he again won against Musetti in the semis, so no real surprise because he was the second seed. But uh, definitely his performance was great, and the way he beat some of the players uh, was really good to see. Yeah, I think you know Alcaraz is proving to be a real champion, not just with his performances, but even his gesture. You know the pool party with the ball cage at Barcelona Open. Oh, he recreated the tradition started by Rafael Nadal. I think a really top-notch gesture. What do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, as you said this, I remember uh, his gesture when he lost to Sinner uh, at Miami. When uh, he really said to him that, "Go on, mate. I just try to win it, and I'll support you." So I think that was also quite uh, that became quite famous after everybody saw that. So yeah, I think he's a great sportsman. He's young and he's energetic. And he doesn't seem to hold something against anybody. Very, very free-minded. Good to see. Yeah. Uh, coming back to the second tournament, uh, the Banja Luka. Now we all know that actually it is supposed to be Serbia Open, and it is hosted or organized by the family of Novak Djokovic. And for some reasons, the rumor has it that they are trying to apply it for a 500 status. Anyway. So the tournament was held in Banja Luka, and of course we know that Djokovic crashed out in the quarterfinals to Lajovic. 
and uh, apart from that uh, what do you think about the overall tournament yeah i think uh, in first of all i want to really uh, maybe like no one i am no one really to congratulate but i loved lovich going to the finals and playing the kind of match he played against rublev he he also has a crisp 100 backhand uh, did you check that because nobody really mentions him when it comes to uh, single handed backhands you do really have a lot of love for single handed backhand <laughs> no i think amazing slices uh, his slices were very deep uh, his conversion uh, or forehand converts were very good and surprising thing was uh, some of his drop shots and he was fearless to come to the net as well uh, so i really liked watching him and rublev who actually won monte carlo was in prime form he was hitting the ball nicely uh, with uh, his his court coverage obviously his age power everything he was uh, kind of dominating but love which really came out on top that was very heartening to see yeah and i think people expected rublev to win this one you know especially coming at the back of the monte carlo masters so i think lajovic winning the title was quite a surprise Yeah, yeah, I think he, and deserved deservedly so, and great to see some home support, right? Generally, I think it is with Djokovic, uh, and also I think talking about Djokovic, the surprising thing is he he has really lost uh, very early in back-to-back tournaments, right? Uh, kind of history also states the same sometimes, but what do you think? I think he crashed out too early in both. Well, yeah, the statistics do show that. you know as the clay season progresses he tends to you know win more like of course he has uh, a lot more number of rome masters as compared to monte carlo masters so statistics do suggest that but uh, apart from that uh, i don't think there is uh, you know any evidence to that <laughs> and obviously you can't compare uh, french open because it belongs to only one guy <laughs> yes of course no doubt about that Anyway, coming back to the third tournament, the Munich Open, I think this is the, probably the least talked about tournament, at least in the last week. And uh, Rune came out on top of it. And you had some pretty deep insights about Rune's performance at the Monte Carlo Masters. So you think he really changed his game a bit, or you know, he, he made some tweaks, considering you know the clay season is in play. Yeah, so I actually thought that this was the most eventful of the three when it comes to uh, the finals. And yes, as you mentioned, the biggest difference I observed in Runa, uh, he was much more patient this time. Yeah, I am sure that will reflect in the nine plus short rallies in the statistics. But what I saw was he was very comfortable to let the rally go on and not really trying to force a winner or unnecessarily trying to attempt a drop shot. Uh, this was obviously evident from the start especially i remember the point at uh, 2 all 30 40 was a very long and amazing one this i think strategy also paid dividends uh, in the first set he won the first set but the match was very very interesting and it it took a took the exact turn as the monte carlo one you know where uh, rublev was almost out of the game and still he managed to come back and win here i think rona was out of the game he was i think 5-1 or 5-2 down and almost he, i think the crowd had given up cheering him and he was trying to just defend 
control the game and hit the points only when there was no risk. But that paid off. I mean, fantastic comeback. I'm sure he would take a lot of confidence from it before the next tournament. Yeah, and of course, we need to also talk about uh, Sandshilp. Am I pronouncing it right? Yeah, I think very close. <laughs> yeah, we also need to take note of him, right? Pretty great player. Yeah, yeah I think uh, he has performed quite well. Uh, although, I think he was not in the news. But over the recent tournaments, he has shown some consistency. And uh, I think I'll have to check his rankings. But looks like he has performed quite well in, in the recent tournaments. And not just this one. Even the tournaments before this one. All right. So finally, uh, we need to address uh, both Djokovic and Nadal pulling out of the buttered masters. Uh, as you said rightly uh, last week, we as fans hope to see Nadal play something on clay before the French Open. But now it seems that even Djokovic playing something on the clay surface before French Open is going to be crucial. Yeah, I actually thought that if. Uh... I mean, once he was denied entry to the U.S., Djokovic would come back stronger and I think it would be again a kind of an atmosphere where he performs to his best, like he did in Australia. But probably, I think that is not the case here. But you know what? One good thing came out of all this is uh, there were six players, right? In the same week who got a good spotlight. What do you think on that? Yes, yes, absolutely. Because... It is a rather unfair thing to say, but the big three have dominated tennis for so long that we're almost only used to talking about, you know, the top three or the top four guys. And with Nadal and Djokovic still playing at the highest level, us, the media, the fans, we just can't, you know, look beyond them. So I think a great way, you know, that tennis is uh, coming around, a lot of new players, Ankaraz is already a champion. But, you know, now we're also talking a lot about Sinna, we're talking about Runa, Rublev is there, Medvedev is there. Now we have the likes of Sanchil, and I think even Lajovic could be a potential threat. So, yeah, all in all, great for tennis. Yeah, so heartening to see a lot of names coming up. And in parallel tournaments, everybody's getting a chance. So, that's also great. You remember recently Djokovic uh, talking about uh, tennis as a sport being watched by millions. However, still only 100 or 200 people make a living out of it. So, it's heartening to see a lot of players getting a spotlight. Uh, obviously, they are top players anyway in the top 100. But it's it's great to see a lot of players winning, a lot of players getting a chance to perform, a lot of players, players getting those points and maybe the prize money required to sustain. So good to see. Yes, absolutely. Finally, what do you think? When will Nadal be back? Direct French Open? Well, I was rather hoping to see him play something. Honestly, you very well know me being a Federer fan. I'm not that much fond of Nadal. However, when it comes to French Open or, you know, the clay season, there is no denying that, you know, he is the absolute king of clay. So, it would be a it would be a treat to our eyes to watch him play on clay and perform at the highest level. Maybe for the last time. But yeah, anyway, I, I just hope to see him at least on French. Also, Djokovic and Alcaraz, you know, the entire mix should be there at the French Open. I think after a really, really long time, after the entire COVID thing and, you know, the ban that Djokovic faced and everything around, I think it would be great to see all the top players play at a major. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Yeah, I'm also excited, looking forward to that. Let's see what happens.
All right. So to summarize, we had three great tournaments last week. The Madrid Open is just about to start, and unfortunately, both Novak and Rafael Nadal will not be playing that. Alcaraz once again is the number one seed at the Madrid Open, the defending champion, and also the favorite. Thank you for listening.